If you've ever heard of MMA, if you've ever heard of martial arts, Sid is the man who is going to make MMA famous in the UK. And he's going to get MMA onto your screens if he dies trying. So I welcome today's guest, Sid. Sid, how are you doing today? I'm good, Jacob. Yourself? I'm, I'm great. I'm great. Um, so we're going to go on a journey to find out who you are, what your story is, how MMA TV came about, um, and just ultimately to find out why you're doing what you're doing and what inspires you and motivates you to, to, to get out of bed every single day. So um, if you don't mind me asking, um, who are you and um, what do you do? Hit me with the questions. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm Sid, yeah. um, and uh, I've been on a journey just to try and educate people, um, fans, athletes about the industry of mixed martial arts. About the industry of mixed martial arts, what is martial arts? Martial arts, it's a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, some see it as a way of, of living, a way of life. They get up every day, they train, they exercise, they live, breathe and die mixed martial arts. Um, some people use it as protection, some people use it as a way to build confidence. Some people bring their kids into it so that they can grow up being strong, being confident individuals as they're going through school. Um, and some people use it as a way to make a living. Yeah. Um, and all of it is positive. Um, you rarely see anything negative of people that are involved in any sort of martial arts. It's normally something that brings confidence out of people and makes them stand tall and makes them feel good about themselves. Um, and that's why a lot of people either do it, consume it, or, or live that martial arts life. Yeah. yeah. So what, what made you um, choose martial arts? Why martial arts? Because boxing. Basketball, um, <laughs> hockey, table tennis. But what, what for you um, made you fall in love with, um, with MMA and martial arts in the first place? Um, when I was young, I'd, I started off actually with judo. Um, so I'd done judo from quite a young age. I was around 10, 11 when I started judo. I was pretty good um, at judo, to be honest. Um, then I moved over to boxing. Um, I started boxing from around 14 years old. Um, so I've done that quite religiously. Um, again, you keep fit, you can protect yourself, it's competitive. So, so if, you, if you notice, these are one-on-one sort of activities. So you only have to think about yourself. Um, and that's what I like. I prefer to you know, focus on what I'm doing and I either win or I lose or I do better or I do worse. But it's all about myself and the journey that I'm taking. So I always enjoyed the competitive nature of judo, the competitive nature of boxing. I've done that until... Um, I think I was uh, college. Then I was more into sort of lifting weights and stuff like that for a little while, keeping fit. Um, because you were doing your studies, it's hard to you know do both really. Yeah. So I've done that. Went to uni, carried on you know working out and stuff. And then I saw at uni uh, a UFC actually. So I saw a UFC. I thought this is this is pretty cool. This is great. Um, I've lived my whole life not liking football and stuff like that. Yeah. There was nothing on TV for me to watch. So growing up, your friends, I'm going down the pub, I'm going to watch the football at the pub, it's a, we all get together. I never done that, I never liked it. Mm. Um, but it would have been something, if I'd enjoyed, yeah. I would have liked to have done. Yeah. So I never had that. When I saw the UFC, I was like, oh wow, this is great. Mm. I love this. Like This is finally, after all of these years, I'm at uni, after all these years, there's a sport that I enjoy. Mm. Um, 
And I thought, how am I gonna how am I gonna learn this? So I just went onto the internet, Googled uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Academy. Luckily there was one in Milton Keynes at the time, I was in Northampton. Um, 20 minutes away, 25 minutes away, went down and joined the club. Fell in love with it straight away. Yeah. Um, got whooped straight away by <laughs> the people that were in the class. And I yeah. was a very big guy at that time, uh, very big. And these guys were small. They mm. weren't big at all, mm. which showed me you don't have to be big and strong. What I thought in mm. order to be an effective um, you know, competitor. Mm. So I loved it because I thought, well, I'm a big guy. If I can get as good as these, and I'm big, mm. I'm going to be great at this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what happened. I trained and trained and trained. You know, the weight come down, more athletic rather than big, mm. um, more cardio, more agility. It was great. I yeah. fell in love. Um, and that was really my journey to the start of it because I was around some very good people, yeah. really, really good athletes. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know who it was at the time. And that was the start of it. They were so good. I was lucky to be in the same room as them. Mm. It was just by coincidence. Mm. And, uh, and that was really the start of it. So, yeah. yeah. So how do we now go from um, you stumbling across UFC and TV um, to you going to Milton Keynes, um, which is 20 minutes from Northampton, to you getting whooped, as you said, by people smaller than you. Yeah. How do we go from that to where you are now in terms of um, the, the founder of, of MMA TV? Um, it was a simple story, to be fair. Uh, there was a lot of high-level athletes there. At that time, there was um, guys like uh, Premis Law Musiala. He was like a top light heavyweight fighter. Uh, Alexander Adruzzo who was Cage Warriors champion at the time. There was Danny Batten, who was also a Cage Warriors champion. These were just a few of the guys that were in the room, but they were super, super high level. Um, to be honest, they was all working really, really hard. Really hard jobs every day, but they were top level mm. in mixed martial arts. At that time, I'd been running a separate business, which was a security business for a few years and my knowledge of business was, in, was increasing every day. So I thought, I could probably do a good job of getting you more money for mm. one, so you can train full time mm. and be even better and get more people to know you. Just, I thought I'd mirror the sort of the business that I've learned from building my own business mm. and put it over into this and helping these guys out so they didn't have to work so hard really. Yeah. That was really the name of the game. So I started managing athletes um, literally from after maybe six months into the start of my training. I was doing all right so people could see my progression. After three months, I was competing and winning and doing a good job. Yeah. Tooting my own horn, but I was doing yeah. a good job. I, was, I competed <laughs> after three months and I won international competitions and stuff, wow. so I was, I, was, I was doing all right. Wow. So I thought, do you know what? They can respect me on a level that I know what I'm doing in business mm. and i starting to learn the industry that they're in and yeah. they gave me a chance to you know, manage, manage some of them. So yeah. I managed them. And from then, obviously they've been the top. I learned the industry quite quickly because I'm managing some of the top guys in the sport. Yeah. So, and I did do a good job with them. I, you know, I made them more money. I made them more exposure. I got them the fights and the career that they probably didn't have before. Yeah. So I had made an impact on their lives. Yeah. And, and, and that was the first area. What I did notice is, 
as my roster of athletes got bigger, yep. um, moving from you know five to ten to twenty, um, not everybody can be on TV. Mm. Not everybody can get um, uh, sponsorship deals and endorsement deals mm. because in order to get the good money from sponsorship and endorsements, mm. ideally you need to be on TV. Mm. And there's not a lot of people showing on TV. So mm. we're cutting out a good eight years here with that progression um, to, well, if I can't get everybody on TV and then they can't get the exposure from the brands and the sponsorship and endorsements, then I'll make my own TV. Wow. And I'll put them on my TV wow. and everybody can see them yep. and everybody can then pay them yep. their brands and their yep. sponsorship and their endorsements. Yep. And that's how I'll roll it. Yep. So I was in touch with all the big promotions in the UK and Europe my fighters were already fighting on their shows. Yeah. So I go to them, do you want to put your event online? Yeah. And do an online thing. Yeah. We call MMA TV. Um, do you want, do you want to give it a try? We yep. make money from pay-per-view and, and that's what we do. Yeah. They literally all said, yeah, because at this time nobody was doing it. Yeah. There was, there was no one doing that sort of thing at all. Yeah. Um, so it was innovative at the time. Yeah. Um, they all said yes. So we got them all on and, it was doing good. People, the promotions were making money. My athletes were getting exposure. They can now say they're on online. You yep. can watch them on TV. Well, at that time, you could watch them online. Yep. So you go on the computer, you could watch them online, um, which was more than before. Yep. So now they're making additional money. The promotions making pay-per-view. And then obviously from then on, it grew and grew and grew. More people knew about it. More people wanted to tune in and watch. It just, it just grew, to be honest. It grew um, faster and bigger than I, than I anticipated. So along with that, then I need to innovate the company as well. So then we got the apps. So now you can download it on your phone, you can watch it on your phone, and now you can subscribe, and now you can do all this kind of thing um, because it's growing. Um, and again, fast forward probably five years, then we've moved on to working with television. Um, you know, brands like Samsung, Panasonic, um, LG, Plex, Rakuten. All these big brands now are working directly with MMA TV because they see what the growth of the sport, obviously powered by the UFC, yeah. um, and the level of the athletes coming from the UK, which then pushes the promotion, which then wants to be seen by more people, yeah. which is attractive to these kinds of brands. Yeah. Um, and that's a fast forward of you know, 14, 15 years of work from how it started to really where we are now yeah. um, with our first live event on the Samsung TV platform wow. uh, this weekend from the O2 Arena. So wow. it's been a big journey. It's been an exciting journey and it's gone from not knowing a lot about broadcasting and television to, you know, really having a, a high in-depth sort of understanding of what needs to be done and the intricacies behind the... Uh, like behind what you see on the TV, the technical aspects. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's been the journey. Really. Yeah. Yeah. You you said something um, quite interesting there, and I just want to touch on it or go back to it. You said that um, there was another business that you had, um, and there's some of the things that you you learned from that other business. You wanted to kind of adapt it to this new situation um, with. Um, these athletes that you potentially wanted to manage yeah what was what was that business and ultimately the question that I want to ask is how did you ever think that 
from that business, you will now get to the place you are now where you're working with the likes of Samsung, Rakuten, Panasonic, like you say. So what was that business? And did you ever think that, wow, the future of this could be this? <laughs> well, no. So that's the simple question. <laughs> I did not see any resonance from the industry which I was in, which is security industry, to anything to do with media or anything like that. Um, that's a story within itself, um, how I got into the security game. Um, so that was the business that I, that I originally started, my, my first business. Um, I was at university. One of my friends at university, who actually lived in Northampton, he, um, he was done security. I didn't know at the time, but he was, he was uh, a doorman. Yep. Um, so he asked me one day, oh, we're running short on, on, on a staff member, would you be able to fill in? I was not really up for it at the time. I just started uni. I was only, you know, three to six months in. It's it just wasn't something that I wanted to do. But after some persuasion, I said, okay, I'll you know I'll come, I'll come and do it. So I went and did it. It was actually all right and mm. some decent money. Not really that hard work. Um, yeah. Next week. Are you, were you were you one of the guys that just stood there looked at? And then if you didn't like the person's trainers, you tell them to go home. One of them one. I've never done that. I was a nice guy. I was, nice I was guy. a nice guy. Yeah, I was a nice guy. I was a big you, guy, you but I was a nice guy. You weren't guy. the not today ones. No, 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 no. I was, I was all right. I was all nice. Right. So, do you know what? I think it's a breath of fresh air. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what happened. The next week, he asked me to come back again. The following week, he asked me to come back again. From that week on, it was like, you know, I'm pretty much part of the part of the team now. Fixture, yeah. yeah, yeah, So I was that that was my that was my job whilst I was at uni, earning money. Um probably around three months after that, the owner of the club promoted me and I was a head doorman. So that was good. More money. Brilliant. Then probably within three months after that, the the owner always used to come to me, oh, can you get any any staff because we're short? I was like, Yeah, I know I know a couple of people. So I brought them along, who liked them. Um, again, I can get some more people. Yeah, I can get some more people. And I thought, wait a minute, if I'm bringing in people to work, maybe he can pay me and I'll pay them. Mm. And I, what's in between the profit, mm -hmm. I get to keep it. Mm -hmm. That's how we did it. He said, yep, straight away. Mm -hmm. And then it was my responsibility to get the staff in. I could do it easily. I got people from, from uni and stuff, and that, mm -hmm. was, that was great. So during this time, I'm having a transition now with the, with the mixed martial arts and the the security work mm -hmm. so it gives you more confidence because you're competent and with competence comes confidence and mm. that's what happens during that transition and you don't have to be the big guy who's mean to everybody you can be polite to people because you know that if a situation arises you can deal with it mm -hmm. um, efficiently and effectively mm -hmm. because of the martial arts mm -hmm. great different to what the big brutey guys punching people and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. No club owner wants that. It's mm -hmm. not what they want. Mm -hmm. So when I was bringing people on, I was bringing on people that could talk. Mm. They were from uni, so mm -hmm. they could talk. Mm -hmm. They were like, you know, similar to me, different walks of life, they could mm -hmm. talk. But then I would train them as well. Mm. So every week I would personally train them yeah. in jiu-jitsu, mixed martial arts, striking, yeah. so that they too could become competent. Yeah. It's not just about being a big guy. Yeah. So now you've got... People that can talk politely, yep. educated, yep. but can also, you know, do what they need to do if yep. a situation should arise. Yep. Perfect for a club owner. Yep. This was different from everybody else. Yep. So we now have very good staff in the security game. 
the club owner opened up a new club. Obviously, he employed us. Yeah. More people. So now I've gone for if I have five people. Now I have ten people yep. working. Then after that, he, owns, he gets a bar. Yeah. Now on top of that, I've got another five people. So now I'm at like 15, 20, 20 people that are working every week. Yeah. Uni, all trained, all speak well. Yeah. Word starts to spread. Oh, we've got these guys. They're very educated. They yep. know what they're doing. And yep. there's no brutality. Yeah. It's all kind and effective sort yep. of methods. Brilliant. Word spreads. We get more and more business. Yeah. Before you know it, you've got 50 people. Then you've got 100 people. And it grows and grows wow. like that. Yep. So that was what I found from the martial arts, the business side of growing a business that it wasn't necessarily my plan, yeah. but you learn things along the way. Yeah. How to increase people, you know, people knowing who you are, yeah. marketing, PR, all of that type of thing. Yeah. So that is when I had to transition over where if I can do this, maybe I can make you a guy who's already got all the skills in the world. Yeah. I could probably do something with you. I could probably get you some sponsors. I could probably get you endorsements. And I know I can definitely get you more money yeah. um, and all that sort of And that is where it sort of transitioned over. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it, was a good, it was a good journey because it's fun. Mixed martial arts is fun. You go around, you go to different countries, you go to different towns, you go to different venues. It's, it's all quite glitzy and glamoury, to be fair. And that's, that's really what happened. Wow. Yeah, was, so you, you just said something which I didn't even know. We were speaking before this interview. Yeah, um, how you you brought people on, you trained them, yeah. um, and because of the efficiency of the way you train people to 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 be, um, the word got around yeah. um, to to other um, bar owners or other club owners yeah. where they more business came to you yeah. because you had a, a model of work which was working. Yeah. Um, I guess my next my next question is you, you you've you seem to have had a, a, an entrepreneurial vein even in in university. Um, did you know about business um, whilst you were in uni? Did you know what an entrepreneur was whilst you were in uni? Um, how, how did you know to to kind of um, to, to to make the most of a situation um, when your friend said that? Oh, would you come and do this for me? And then for it to get to where it was. I didn't know what an entrepreneur was, to be honest. Um, in my mind, I was going to university. I intended to be an investment banker. Mm. That was my sort of plan. I didn't really know anything about entrepreneurship. So the opportunities came and I just dealt with them however I, however I was ingrained, however I was wired, really. Mm. Um, yeah, there was opportunities and I did, I did grab them with both hands, mm. but it wasn't out of any pre-planned sort of ideas or anything like that it was mm. just it come around the opportunity was there and I and I, and I took it um, yeah. from that moment on once I'd done that and I saw how the business sort of grew I then done more businesses because in my mind I had a good blueprint but I in all honesty there was one main thing in life what sort of changed me from it sort of changed my path. I had a big business, mm. a very big business, and it earned me a lot of money, which I was obviously happy with. I didn't really do things properly. Um, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I know how to do this, and I know how to do this, and I know how to do this. It was like, well, I'm just sort of going with the flow. Winging it. Yeah, winging yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I was winging it. Yeah. And I went to a meeting, which I got called into a meeting. I think it was Whitbread. So they've probably been taken over now. They own all the... Um, uh, 
Is it the hotels? Yeah, they own hotels. They own um, uh, the bars yeah. and like what are them cheap bars called um, that you that don't play any music and stuff. Um, I'm putting you on the spot now. <laughs> <laughs> there were some Lloyd's ones and there's some Weatherspoons. Oh yeah, 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 Weatherspoons. Yeah, yeah. These are sort of they own lots of them. Yeah. I went to a meeting at head office. I think it was in Birmingham or somewhere like that. I went to a meeting with them. They said, bring this, 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 and this. I didn't really know what it was. I chucked a few documents together, yeah. went to the meeting, um, and they're like, oh, can I see like your ISO and your BSI and all this? I was like, I have no clue what I, I look smart, but yeah. I didn't know. I had yeah. a few documents and some insurance and stuff, yeah. and they're like, they didn't really say anything at the time, but you know, long story short, we want one person to do, to do all of our venues, mm-hmm. and that's how we're doing it from now on. Mm-hmm. I had about five of their venues in Northampton, mm-hmm. obviously a lot of money at the time, and it just cut off mm-hmm. because you haven't got the stuff that you needed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't even know what this stuff is. Mm-hmm. So after that, I asked, you know, what, you know, what is this stuff? Mm-hmm. And then I was told by, you know, one of the companies, like a proper company, oh, mm-hmm. you need to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. So I had to then go towards regulation, mm. like proper regulation with mm. the BSIs and the ISOs and have all the documentation in order. Mm. And it taught me to be more corporate, I suppose is, mm. is the word. And that was a, a good learning curve for me because mm. when you're corporate, you not only feel good because you've got everything in order, mm. you are now an efficient and you're a legitimate business. Mm. You have heads of departments, you have all the insurances that you need, you're doing all your taxes right, you're doing everything to the highest degree, mm. you walk into places, you just put your documents on the table and, and they will hire you because mm. you have it all. And that took me to another level. Mm. Then it took me from maybe having 100 people all the way up to like 300 staff, mm. all done right, all done properly. And then from then on, I can do really pretty much any business. Now I know yeah. how to do things properly. Yeah. And that took me to another level. And from then on, I'd opened different different businesses and they're all done. They're yeah. All right. yeah. So, um, so you open different businesses. So yeah. have you um, have you still got the security um, business um, there, or uh, are there other businesses that you're you're managing that you're um, involved in? Yeah. So to be fair, like my brother takes care of the security side of things. It's not. I'm involved in management. Yeah. So sports agency and the media, which is MMA TV. Yeah. And that's what I'm directly involved with. Everything else has you know other partners or somebody who's running it and I'm not involved yep. um, in them areas at all. Yeah. Yeah. So as a, as a, as a, as a businessman, um, would you say that it's, it's better for you to focus on one or two things wholeheartedly than to spread yourself thin or if you have the capacity to um, dabble in everything? Uh, is that something that you did out of preference or is that something that you did because you just wanted to like lock in on one or two things? Um, it was something for me because the media side of things was a completely new area for me mm. and I needed to get up to scratch with that relatively quickly because I, 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 it was, it's a business that really has exponential growth. So I would be crazy not to focus on something that can be so big, mm. bigger than everything probably put together, mm. because you can have a billion people watching something if you if you wanted to, mm. which you, you can't do that in these other areas. You mm. need to be, you know, you just can't do that with them. So I focused on this area because it had the most growth potential, mm. and I needed to know the most about it. Mm. 
if I was an expert in media and I was expert in sports agency, obviously I know a lot about security anyway. I could probably do I could probably do them all, mm. but I wasn't. Mm. So I had to concentrate on the one that I needed to come up to scratch on fastest. Yeah, yeah, and that was my personal preference. Okay. Yeah. So, Sid, you're a black man. I am indeed. A black man in business. Is that something that's ever? Have you ever looked yourself in the mirror and said, I'm black, I have founded a business, it's been successful, it's still thriving, and I'm moving into other areas, it's been successful. Have you ever stopped, paused, and thought that I am black and I'm doing something groundbreaking here? Have I ever thought that? Um, I probably have, to be fair. I probably have. Um, just because I, I feel like other people put more of an emphasis on it than, than myself, in all honesty. Um, I don't really think about it so much. I think I'm just trying to do good for really as many people as I can. Because if you look at the things that I do... They're not really for me personally. I manage athletes. That is, I'm doing something for them. I want them to do better. As a byproduct, I, I do better. But I'm putting, at the early days, it's not like I'm making money. I'm putting money into them. Mm. But it's boosting them. It's, it's for them. Um, the media was built as a platform for them to go on. It grew to something bigger. But ultimately, it's in order to give to other people so they can boost their careers. Um, so I, d I don't necessarily think about, oh, I'm doing this, or I'm a black man in business. I just feel like I'm doing a good job. It's growing. That's great. Um, but along the way, there's been areas where when you're dealing with big corporate companies, there may be elements where you think, hmm, you know what? There's not many other black faces in here. It's, it's only me. It's only me. Um, how many black people are there that um, are building big, successful media companies? I'm sure there's plenty out there, but I, I don't see it. So maybe I'm doing a good job. Um, but I don't necessarily put an emphasis on it. I'm just doing what I'm doing mm. and, it's, and it's working out. So that's probably the most I sort of think about it. But I'm, I'm proud of what I've done so far and what I'm accomplishing. I want to do, do more. And then I can look back and be like, do you know what, you've done, a, you've done a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people look at someone like Michael Jordan as uh, an inspiring figure, the GOAT, that's what they call him, um, the greatest of all time. In your industry, um, we've got people like Dana White, who is, um, I believe, is the president of um, the UFC. Yeah. Or he's the the, the, basically the main face, the main staple of the UFC. Um, who are the people or who is a person um, that that you see is like a, a, a barometer that this is where I want to get to? It could be yourself. It could be someone else. But what, what, who or what drives you um, to, to push and to, to be all that? you can potentially be through this business or just in life anyway? 
A um, couple of questions in there, but um, obviously you mentioned Dana White. He, he, he's done a lot of things that I feel like I've been up against. It, it, mixed martial arts is a sport what people didn't respect really in the early days. In America, a lot of the, a lot of the continent, um, a lot of the states banned mixed martial arts. They wouldn't let you even have one, an event. They wouldn't even put it on TV. You know, flipping back in the day, porn was on television, and UFC wasn't allowed. Yeah. <laughs> so this is some, this is crazy. Yeah, you know, this is this is how bad that people thought it was in the early stages. But he broke through that. He carried on doing it, and. 20 years later from a company that they bought for $2 million, which was basically just three letters. And that's it. Turned into the biggest franchise in the world for, and sold for $4.2 billion. You could, get Man you could buy Manchester United at that time for $1 billion. You could buy um, an NBA team for over $1 or $2 billion at that time. So that shows the level of success that the UFC had and that was mixed martial arts. So I like the journey that Dana's had. He didn't stop. He carried on going no matter what anybody said. He cracked on and fulfilled what he loved doing. And that is similar to myself. People be like, oh well, you know, you could maybe you could manage footballers, they earn more money. Maybe you could manage musicians, they earn more money. It's not about that. It's about bringing something that is innovative nobody thought about it before which was the same as football back in the day they was earning 500 pound a week and now they're 200,000 pounds a week or more this is going to be the same for mixed martial arts they earn not a lot of money that's fine but we build it 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 and it will be the premium you know sport at some point who's the most highest rated earning sports star right now right today Conor McGregor number one in the Forbes list. He is number one. He's a mixed martial artist. It shows you the growth of the sport. And that's just one guy. We're going to bring them all, we're going to bring them all along. Um, and that's why I feel like Dana is quite inspirational to me. Above that, a guy, I don't know if you know, Al Heyman. Have you ever yeah, heard of Al yeah, Heyman? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen him? Al Heyman, um, I've never, I've seen him on TV. Yeah? Yeah. He doesn't get about it, a lot. Al Heyman is a... Not Leonard Ellaby. Yeah, no, no, Al, Al Heyman is uh, the guy that um, Mayweather used yeah. to... Yeah, he's, yeah, He's Mayweather's advisor, yeah. which you rarely see. Yeah. Rarely, if you can get him up on an interview, I'll, I'll, we could do the Pepsi Challenge, because I don't think you'll get him up <laughs> on an interview, because I've never seen him. Yeah. I've never seen, I know what he looks like. I've seen his face. Who knows if that's even his face? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's pulling the strings behind the scenes yeah. of every major boxing fight, that's out there. Mm. He's the guy at the top of the tree. You barely see him, but he's the guy that everybody goes to. Mm. I like that anonymity. I like that he's pulling the strings. I like that he's doing big in the game of boxing, mm. but he's not necessarily in the media. Mm. I like that, and I give him credit, and I give him respect yeah. for doing that sort of thing, yeah. for, for sure. So them two guys, um, obviously one's a black man, and you've got Dana White, the colour doesn't make any difference to me. Mm. I respect what both guys have, have done. Yeah. Um, and they both, I take a bit from both of them. Both of them. Yeah, you've done, you've done fantastic work. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
you came to uni. I did. Started a business. Started over businesses. You're now working in 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 sports management yeah. as well as MMA TV, which, um, as you said, you've got a live event um, coming up in. And by the time this comes out, <laughs> uh, we'll probably be able to find it on Samsung TV. <laughs> Samsung TV. Um, but you've gone through a journey. For anybody who is coming to uni or people who uh, may not necessarily have an understanding of what they want to do in life as of yet, you're somebody who kind of stumbled into into a business which now spiraled into something even bigger. What advice um, through your journey, um, your business journey, would you give to somebody who um, kind of doesn't know what they want to do yet? The advice I would give, and I always really give it, find something that you really like, something you really, really like to do, something that you would get up out of bed every day and do for free and find a way of making money around it. That is as simple as that. It might not be easy, but it will be worthwhile. And in my opinion, anybody can do anything for 8, 10, 12 hours a day and make money from doing it. As long as they focus on what it is that they're doing, they can make money out of anything, anything that they want. But I would suggest to find something that you enjoy doing, that you love, and find a way to make money out of it. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's it. Do what you love to do. Yeah. It's cliche, but that's, that's the only way. I would do this for free. Yeah. And I have done for many years for free. Yeah. And I would do it for free now. Yeah. I enjoy it. I love it. I can talk about mixed martial arts all day long. All day long. I'm around it all day long. I just love it. Yeah. And uh, if you find something you love, you ain't got to work a day in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you could turn back and speak to your 18-year-old um, self, <laughs> um, what would you say to them? Buy Bitcoin. Buy Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin. Get it now. Get it now. Get it now. Uh, get, it. get it. That's it. Get it. You'll be good. You'll be good. Uh, You'll be good. That is so good. That is so good. I was not expecting that. That is so good. That is so good. Do you know what? While she was speaking before, um, you were talking about how MMA, mixed martial arts, Dana bought it. Dana, Dana bought it for two million. His partners, yeah, yeah. a couple partners. The, 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 the Fritita's, yeah, yeah the bought it for um, two, two million. million. Yeah. Sold it for four billion. Now you said it's worth, um, you mentioned that it worth 11 billion. Yeah. Something like um, blockchain, Bitcoin, um, that, that, that industry right now, that sector, I think it's worth like two trillion, yeah. right? It's only at the infancy, yeah. right? Why am I saying this? With your... MMA TV, some of the partnerships that you have, you've mentioned Samsung, yeah. Rakuten, yeah. Panasonic, yeah. right? Just to name a few. Yeah. Where do you see MMA TV in the next five years? Okay. Um, well, whilst we're on the Bitcoin and the crypto thing, yeah. I did forget that we actually have a partner 
in Decentraland, and our wow. event, our, we was the first MMA event in the metaverse, wow. which was um, in it was in Decentraland. It was about two months ago, wow. um, and you could go in there virtually, wow. and you could watch the event live. Um, we were the first ones. Wow. Yeah, it's called the Aquarium Casino. Wow. Uh, and it's all to do with crypto. They've got a crypto like casino in there. You can sit down, you play with cryptocurrency. Wow. You, win, you know, you can play with, you know, it's real, real money, it's a real yeah. life thing, yeah. but it's yeah. in the metaverse. Yeah. So that, again, is, a, is something innovative. Yeah. People, again, it's in the infancy, they probably don't even know. But yeah. if we're talking five years' time, this is something that will be big in the, in the metaverse. You'll go in there. You watch events, you'll do stuff, what you would do in everyday life. Um, where our casino is, is um, it's, 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 it's in Las Vegas of the, of the metaverse. Yeah. But this is real, like the real estate is worth hundreds of thousands of pounds mm. just to buy a plot of land, let mm. alone build the casino mm. in the metaverse. Mm. Um, so we have some great partners that are partnered up with that. You've got your NFTs and stuff that yeah. we have. You walk around the casino, it's all MMA TV branded. Wow. We've got our um, artwork and digital artwork on the walls. Wow. People can buy, you know, the artwork via NFTs and stuff. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, I, I did forget about that, but wow. I'll give them guys a shout out and we've already done that. We'll be doing our next event with them uh, November 6th. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. So you're really, so as, as well as um, um, the commercial aspects of the traditional Samsungs and Panasonics, you are also pushing into, like you said, the metaverse. Yeah. What yeah. what what inspired you to to do that? What 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 was the eureka moment? Which for uh, wow, this is somewhere that I'd like to position this brand or this 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 company. Um, again, another area of business that I'm in is digital assets. Mm. Um, we have a company that uh, deals with digital assets and stuff. So. I'm big on cryptocurrencies and that sort of thing. So it was something that, uh, it just happened, to be honest, it just, it just happened. I was speaking to a guy who was interested because we have a very viral video um, of some cocky guy who's doing this and he gets kicked in the face. It's a very big viral video. It must be on you know, half a billion views or more wow. by now, it's, it's, it's massive. Um, and he approached me about that and then he was speaking about um, he's into NFTs and cryptocurrencies. And then we got talking and it's like, well, maybe we could do this with our stuff. And mm. it sort of grew out of nowhere. Mm. It wasn't the topic of conversation, but because we have a love of, of cryptocurrency and digital assets, we put our heads together, partnered up with the right people in the Aquarium Casino and put on the live event. They had the technology, we had the technology, we made the technology together, done our first event. Wow, and, uh, that's that's really how it went. Wow, yeah, yeah. It was not something that I'd thought of. Oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah, it came out of a conversation, and yeah, it grew. It was pretty cool. It was yeah. very cool to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was good because the people you can see, we filmed the people watching in the metaverse the event that we was at live. Yeah, sounds a bit crazy, but yeah. that's what it was. And there's people that a lot of people turned up in the metaverse. You could see them all standing around watching the screens of what was going on live. To us over here, it yeah. was it was it was crazy, but wow. it was really really good. Wow! So we look forward to growing that area yeah. as well. Yeah. You know? So there's a, there's a lot going on. There's a, there's a lot going on. Obviously, we want to grow our own platform. We have our own platform as it is. Um, obviously, MMATV.com. Yeah. People can go and check that out. They could subscribe, um, and obviously, you know, beautiful fights and stuff on there and additional content. 
but the deals that we have with with some of these big companies, Samsung being at the, at the forefront and the ones that you know we joined forces with originally, is an amazing partner to have. They're obviously a massive brand, and for them to be really, really pushing our products mm. is is amazing. Um, and people can go on there; they don't have to pay. They can go on there and they can watch our our stuff on there. And the more live events we do, the more they get to see. Mm. So. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. good. And that's how I see it going in the next five years. Growing growing those areas, growing that side of the business, the linear TV side of the business, which is an area that I feel like is going to be 360, so you're going to hear it first. Mm. The days of we don't want to watch advertisement, which is really what it's about. We want non-advertisement Netflix. But at this point, you got Netflix, you got Amazon, you got Disney. You're going to have all these things so far it starts racking up with money again. Mm. Before you know it, you're paying 50, 60 pounds because you want all the ones to watch. Mm. It's going to come 360 where you're going to get it all for free. Mm. You have to watch some adverts. Mm. You go and have a cup of tea, you go on your mobile phone and then have ad breaks because you probably want it because everybody's on their phones now. Mm. And you do that and it comes back on again. Mm. And it's going to come 360 like the old days and we're going to be at the forefront of that. Yeah. 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 That's good. So in, in your business life, Yep. What are some of the setbacks that you have faced? We'll start when you were in your, your first business in uni. Okay. What was the first setback that you, you felt there? And how were you able to, to rise above it all? Um, to be honest, the first setback was the time that I mentioned earlier when I went to that big meeting. Obviously, speaking out of a really big business, doing really well, to be told, well... You know all the all the uh, bars and nightclubs you have under this banner will just be taken away from you effectively in you know two weeks. You have staff, you know, I have staff. They rely on that to feed their you know their families and stuff. So for me, that was a setback because I lost a lot of business mm. with that. And you know what? It was a mistake. It may sound um, I don't know what the word is like generous of me. But what I did at that time is I put the staff that got taken away from them businesses, I put them into other clubs and bars that I had. But the, but the owners didn't want any more staff, mm. but I gave them to them for free because mm. I want, and paid the people that lost their jobs in the other places to work there. Mm. So I put them in the other places, they got free staff, and I paid out my own pocket mm. to put them in the other venues so that they could still work and mm. you know, have money for family. As nice as that may sound, it's not that smart, really. Okay. Because I'm losing, I'm losing money. Mm. You know, it, you know, uh, there was a good amount of money that I mm. gave away, which I probably wouldn't do now. Okay. Um, but that was a setback. It took me time to get more venues on, um, in order to get them back into work and stuff. So that was a setback for me losing that work. But obviously, I grew from it because obviously I got all my ducks in a row. Yeah. And I got all the. Uh, paperwork that I needed and, and stuff like that and, it, and that is what made me then grow to the next level mm. so without that setback I wouldn't have grown to the next level and I wouldn't have got all the contracts that I did up and down the country um, with with that basically yeah yeah so that that was a setback that was the first setback yeah but we overcome it yeah so from that setback you said there that you were able to now take this 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 company from yeah. Northampton up and down the country. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you have that paperwork, 
you don't need to do, you don't need to say anymore. They mm. know the level that you're at because you got to remember security back then was the was like quite thuggy. Mm. There was people that were just tough guys. They used to work on the doors, but then we went towards um, regulation. You got your baggages, you got your criminal checks, you got your DRB checks, you got all that sort of stuff. This is what we had. We mm. led with that. Mm. If you want to work for my company, mm. you got to be clean and have all this stuff. Mm. And when you're going to companies and saying that we've got all this, we've got all the checks, we've got the badges, we've got the licenses, you mm. ain't got to worry about any of this stuff. They've got the training. We take you, yeah, for sure, because yeah. we don't want the thugs, you know, doing all sorts of crazy stuff, getting into fights on the door and being just silly. Yeah, we want the professional, clean cut. I used to go to Vegas a lot, and I used to see the way that the doorman operated there. Very smart suits, you know, nice little maybe t-shirt underneath. They looked the part. I brought that over here all my guys were smart then because when I first started I had some jeans on and some shoes that's it but then after a while everybody was dressed in nice suits they looked the part yeah and that's different from what was there before yeah so we had we bought something different and on top of that we had all the you know the right credentials and we, we did we took off yeah it was good yeah it was good I had a lot of, you know I had a lot of fun yeah I enjoyed it yeah so into so that was with um the security company yeah how about in any setbacks that you faced um, with the sports uh, management business? Um, how did you overcome that? There's many. <laughs> There's many. In sports management, you're dealing with a lot of things. A lot. Um, you're dealing with athletes. You're dealing with promotions. There's a lot of things that go wrong. Um, for me, because I like to do things from the bottom and take it all the way to the top. I'm involved with every aspect of, a, of, a, of an athlete or client's life. So during life, you have many ups and downs. You can have, which is the most heartbreaking for me, you put all your effort into an athlete, you take them all the way from the bottom, raise them to the top, and then you get people from outside, see how well they're doing. Mm. And they're in their ear and stuff like that. And mm. then, you know, come over to us, come over to us. Oh, you should be getting this. You should be getting first class when you travel. You should be getting cars, this sort of thing. And um, if they go, with, you know, sometimes they do. It's not happened a lot, but they go, they listen to it and they go with them. And you're like, oh man, I put, you know, years of effort into you. You're where you wanted to be and you, and you left. It's heartbreaking, you know, it's heartbreaking. And it, and it, and it happens. Other times you have athletes that have got absolutely everything. Mm. They look the part, they've got the skills, they've got the chat, and they're ready for the big league, or they're in the big league. And, you know, they may get a girlfriend, or they may have a child, or they may not have enough money, and then they fall out of, you know, they fall out of the sport, and you're like, wow, this person had it all. He mm. just needed to, you know, just stick with it. He's already in the big league. Mm. He's already earning the good money. Mm but he left because of this. Mm. Again, it, it's heartbreaking. These, and these are setbacks. There's been times where somebody's gone into the UFC, they've signed their fight, they're getting big money, they're co-main event, they are what they've dreamed of their whole life. Mm. And a contract dispute with another organisation that they was with didn't want to let them go. They mm. didn't want to let them go, even though contractually, they have fulfilled their obligations. Mm. Because they questioned it even, messed up that whole deal. Mm. And they was not able to compete in the UFC 
at that time when they wanted to because this organization had questions that they wanted. After the UFC fight had finished, then I'm like, oh yeah, no, yeah, we got it wrong. You can go. It's too late. And this person had been dreaming of that for his whole life. These are setbacks that you don't necessarily overcome, but they're a learning curve. Mm. A learning curve. I've had all of these learning curves along the way. Um, lots, still more to, to mention, but these are some of the things that do happen. And you, you don't really get over them, but you know what not to do or what to do with other athletes. And right now we're in a fortunate position where we have a lot of really, really talented guys undefeated. They're coming along perfectly. They have it all. Some of them issues, you make sure that you nip in the butt before you even, mm. you know, get to it. And they will then move on to their careers and they will fulfil it. And that is the that is the game plan. And so far it's been working tremendously. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't, don't, um, don't know if you mind me asking this. In terms of your sports management, how many athletes do you manage? Uh, we probably have around 70. Okay. Yeah, we have about 70 under contract. So I have a couple, couple, couple people in a team. So personally, me, I manage a set amount. I may have uh, around 30, say. So I have 30, somebody else has 30, and somebody else may have like 10. Okay. You know, so that's how I do it, because then I can personally do all the things that I do on a personal level. Yeah. Um, and it's quite a lot. So I couldn't handle 70 athletes on my own. Yeah. It will be way too much. Yeah. So I've got faith that I personally look after. Yeah. And it works. That's the way it works well for me. Yeah. What's yeah. the plan with that? We just keep on growing. We keep on growing. We get more athletes. Um, we grow the business like that. More athletes in more organizations with more partners. Um, and obviously with the MMA TV side, we can bring them up now on the MMA TV platform from the grassroots level. Mm. So people are exposed to them from day one. Whereas before, they'd be exposed to them only if they made it to the top. And now they get that exposure from the bottom all the way through to the top of the MMA TV. Mm. So that's it. We keep getting more athletes. We keep on making sure we've got streamlined their progression in their career and make sure that they're getting the help and uh, sponsorship and uh, training that they need from the beginning. And it's been working well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has. That's good. That's good. Got two more questions. Because this is Black History Month. Yep. You are a black man in business. What advice would you give to any, a young black person um, who may have gone through some adversity in life? Um, not just adversity in life, but who, um, coming from um, a background myself where um, parents, um, way to be a doctor, the way to be a lawyer, the way to be the first black man in, in space. <laughs> um, what advice would you give to somebody who has a dream, um, but they may not necessarily have the support system around them to, to make that dream or to take that first step to make that dream a reality? What advice would you give to that person? Um, I, 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 I don't know if it's tough love, but I, I, I feel like it's quite tough love. I always tell people, number one, nobody owes you anything. That's the most important thing to me. Nobody owes you a thing. Your brothers, your sisters, your mum, your dad, your auntie, your uncle, your friends, nobody owes you anything. 
So don't rely on anyone. If you're starving on the side of the road, don't expect anybody to come and help you. Hey. Help yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't expect it. That's the first thing. If you can get that out of your mind, that will be the first step that you'll take then to pursue whatever dream it is that you want to pursue because you won't be relying on anybody else. Don't feel like you're going to start a business and when it's not going quite well, ask somebody for money because they're not probably going to want to give you any. Mm. So you're going to have to fend for yourself. But once you have that idea, once you have gone past that part, no matter what, keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on driving towards that dream. Mm. And don't stop. Don't stop. Don't give up. And you don't need the support because you're going to be supporting yourself. And you know what anybody likes more than being the first black man in space or the first lawyer here or there? Success. Mm. Success is what people love. Because you know what? Anybody who doubted you at the beginning will be the first ones trying to jump on the wagon once you've made it. Mm. Um, and, and that's my advice for everybody. Because if you put in your effort 100%, you, you will make it. Mm. You will make it. But you can't wait or rely on anybody else because they will evidently not be there when you really need it. So don't have that in mind and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah that's, that's my advice. I don't know if it's good advice or bad advice, but it's real life advice. Mm. Um, because you just, a lot of people you do see, they rely on people like, oh, I didn't have any money and my parents wasn't there to help me or whatever, for whatever reason. Well, because you're probably waiting for them to help you. Mm. means you didn't make that extra effort to do it yourself. Mm. No safety net. Yeah. You know, no safety net. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? That's, that's, it's very real. It's very real, yeah. It's very real. Yeah. It's very real because at times, like you said, the cushion that you have of then like your parents or a big brother or a big sister um, who can bail you out of situations is what's um, kind of hindering people. But yeah. you just you just made a real a real statement. Yeah. A real statement and, and if people were to embrace that then um, yeah, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't limit them right from the beginning, but just just progress on from there. Yeah. Um, how do people find you? Um, MMA TV, where, where is it? How, um, if somebody wanted to watch MMA TV, how do people come, up, come around it? What platforms are you on? Obviously, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. MMA TV Live is the same for all of them. Type in MMA TV Live, you'll find us. Find us on YouTube. Got a nice following on there. Lots of good videos, obviously, for free. Um, just type in MMA TV on YouTube, you'll see us. Um, or you can come to the website. We've got a subscription website, matv.com, and we have a pay-per-view website, matv.co.uk. So everything in MATV, you'll find us. That's good. Well, Sid, thank you for your time today. Um, you've given us great value in regards to um, how somebody overcomes adversity and how the adversity can be used to kind of push you on to the next phase of your life. Um, you've given us... Um, and understanding that you don't necessarily have to have a clear blueprint of what you want to do but kind of whatever's there grab it and run yeah. and um, you're a product of that and um, you are a black man and you are in business um, and um, there is definitely um, great things to celebrate um, about what you're doing 
Um, so we look forward to MMA TV taking over the world. This is it. Um, and um, thank you for being part of UKBF Stories today. No, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. No problem. It's been fun. No problem. Do you shake? Do you spud? <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you. I knew, buddy. Thank I knew. you. Nice one. Thank Appreciate you. it, man.